Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast, season 2, episode 32. My name is Yuri Bilast and today I'm very excited to be joined by Clemens. Hi Clemens, how are you? Hi Yuri, I'm fine. So maybe let me introduce myself to the audience. My name is Clemens Berend. I'm the founder of Web3CX.io, a custom experience consultancy for Web3 and crypto businesses. We have like along our clients like crypto brokers, crypto trading boards, blockchain infrastructure provider, crypto text tools, also like protocols for like swapping and trading. And today I think we are talking a lot about like marketing and also about like customer service, which I most likely see like as a part of marketing very often. I mean, it's like a common question. Where would you place customer service? And I think like placing it in the marketing department would be like one option. Right. Exactly. So Clemens, Clemens Barrent, that's your full name. So Clemens, you are helping out actually Web3 companies improve their customer experience and I'm helping them with their marketing. So actually marketing and customer experience, as you already said, are coming together. But I was wondering because, you know, Web3, it's, it's relatively new, I would say. I know you have already quite some experience, but how did you get into the field, into the Web3 space? So I think for the audience, we need to separate a little bit like crypto and like this classic centralized exchanges, which are a little bit more Web2. And then, of course, like Web3, like where really everything is de um, decentralized. So today we put everything a little bit together. So for the audience who is like heavily into Web3, I hope you understand this. So like to have it easier to understand, we put this all in the same bucket today. So how did I get into crypto? So I've got my first company from like 2010 to 2013. And it was like a company which was like all around gaming. So I resold like computer game keys. I had like some bot farms running. So like avatars were like farming some items and then I resold them like on eBay. And this was then also like my first touch point with customer service because I sold this also like on some forum and like the main part of the job was like actually customer service. And back then I've gained like, like close to like 200 reviews, like always five star was like a really amazing experience. So this was like how I got into customer service. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about how I got into crypto. So I had this business running for a while. I used mainly like PaySafe card and like sometimes like Bankwire, but back then there was no instant SEPA. So like Bankwire was not really an option. And at some point I think PaySafe card introduced like some rule, which didn't make it like so easy for me to proceeds with my business. And then a friend of mine told me about Bitcoin and it was like after the Motor Gox collapse. So like the timing was really great because I think mm -hmm. if I would got earlier into crypto, I would have maybe lost it all in Mogox. And so in 2013, we already had like in Germany, like this marketplace, Bitcoin.de. So I signed up there and I think my first trade was like 10 euros for Bitcoin and I bought like 0.1 Bitcoin back then. And then I bought a little bit more, but just like with the small pocket money that I had, like as somebody who was like before university. And then in 2013, I actually managed to sell the top. So exactly like the experience, what everybody hopes for, but it was like a, a round number, thousand dollar or thousand euros. So I sold it and then I had like some money for university. So I studied pure economics and during that time, I always focused on Bitcoin and crypto, tried to talk with the people, but people were not that open. The most 
argument, but also the professor said like, yeah, it's too volatile. It doesn't really work. So nobody really talked to me about things like the Austrian school of economics and free banking and all of these things. I just discovered it later when I wrote my bachelor thesis. When I wrote my bachelor thesis, I've got like insanely lucky because I did it together like with Telefonica and the Fido Bank. And the Fido Bank is like the first bank in the world to have an cooperation with an exchange with Kraken. I think everybody knows like the Kraken exchange from the US. So what we achieved there or like what I wrote my thesis about was like some prototype for a trading front end. Then I finished like everything, got my degree. And then a few months later, there was like this hype where Bitcoin was in 20K in 2017. And then they implemented this thing, but I was long gone from the company. And then fun fact, the same friend who recommended me Bitcoin like in 2013 he also then sent me a job posting to Bitpanda, where I applied in customer service, worked there from 2017 to 2022, scaled up the customer support from almost nothing until we became like a unicorn and also far afterwards. And then like half a year ago, guess what? With the same friend, again, we founded like the company that we now have like Web3 CXIO. This wow. is my crypto journey. Oh, yeah. You, you know, as you said, uh, there are a lot of understandings about crypto and there has been evolution, but it seems that you did already a lot of stuff in these few years because crypto has been going up, going down. There is like uh, a certain feeling or sentiment in the market. And then, of course, you have this customer support side of things. What would you say that are the current trends or important trends for Web3 companies when it comes to customer support so the thing with customer support to be honest the field is not that crazy innovative because in the end it's always a human helping another human to overcome an issue but there are like a few things which are always coming back and like are hyped up again so like of course everybody thinks about chatbots ai especially when we now have like chat gbt who understands the full conversation instead of just the last message so this is something what everybody thinks about um, when it's coming to customer service. But I believe biggest trend is omnichannel support. So what does it mean? That you can reach out to a Web3 service, like no matter on which channel, Twitter, Discord, I don't know, even TikTok, no matter if you like it or not, but theoretically, really like every social media channel which is around, that you get really help on this channel. Because the issue with most companies is when you contact them on social media, they always say like, okay, we don't know who you really are, we cannot stuff like in your account because you need to write to us via email so like every company who can solve that who can really make this social media or omnichannel support um, i think will get like far ahead and will also provide like top-notch customer service because in the end it's all about how easy it is to reach a customer service team because nobody likes filling out forms we all know this like when we go like to some i don't know to some state company it is very bureaucratic process. People don't like that. No, that's right. <laughs> People like to get help and as fast as possible and through the channel that they love, you know, that they are using. So the om omni-channel approach, I guess that's really a good, good tip. But it also takes a lot of resources, I would say, a lot of effort. Or yep. is that, yeah. And also you need to have a, like a structure to, to set it up so that it works. Yeah, that's an perfect point what you're making. And this is also like one of the biggest challenges that we solve for our clients. So some people who are into customer service, they know tools like Zendesk, Freshdesk, Intercom. If you don't know them, it's 
it's not that important. But overall, what you need to know about these tools, not every tool has like all social media channels. So then sometimes, I don't know, Reddit is missing or Discord is missing. So when you really try to get like one inbox in like one tool, and you have like five or six different social channels, it's hard. You need to do like some custom development on your own to achieve this. Because I don't know any tool so far which can unite very easily all of these inboxes. Maybe with some automation tools like Zapier, Maker, um, Intercomart, it's possible. But overall, you need some sort of development for it. Right. Yeah, so I guess the omnichannel approach is also a good a good way to stay competitive, you know, having good support. Are there other ways that businesses can use support to stay competitive? So the good thing with competition and customer service, I really believe that like all companies who have like a really, really bad customer service, they will drop out of the competition from themselves. So like usually businesses who stay uh, in the competition, in the market, they make a few things correct with customer service. So yeah, I think that would be like my answer to the question. Okay. And of course you are in Web3. So specifically for Web3, Are there specific challenges that need to be solved when it comes to customer support uh, in that space? Yes, I think it's about trust because like on most Web3 services, for instance, you cannot see any real names or any contact data. They just bump in like a Discord channel and say, this is like our customer support. I mean, you can do this. You can say like, I only want to have like tech savvy users. But in the end, there may be people who are not, who don't know how to use Discord or like, sketchy or whatever and they don't want to use it so even in web3 i see there's like a huge opportunity to make like even copy some things from like web2 like having like a normal email address even like a phone number if you cannot like respond to all of these messages and things and you are afraid of that that's okay just do it because like the worst thing what can happen to your service is like when people quit without telling you why they are quitting So it's mm -hmm. not about like always having like an empty in inbox. It's about making it easy for the customers to tell you what's up, no matter on which channels. So you should have like everything from email, phone, social media. And even if you're having like a hard time to reply on some of these channels there, it's okay because it's better to reply after like one week to a customer who's already upset and would have leave because he gives you the last chance to make him stay. Like some customers will quit and some you can convince that they stay. And then in the end, of course, you gain something out of it. Yeah. You know, from my own experience, if I am, you know, I have, a, let's say, a tool that I'm using or a bank or whatever, an institution or organization, and I have a problem with them, but they solve it, their support is good. It's, my trust is higher than it was in the beginning because they solve my problem. I see that once I have a problem, they help me. So for me, it's a reason to stay. So the support yep. is, for, it's also kind of a marketing because, you know, I will talk about this with everybody else. Oh, you should work with them. It's not always fine, but they solve the problem when there is a problem and their support is great. That's also, you know, people look at reviews for different solutions for different companies. And if you have a good support, I guess you will have also uh, have better reviews. Yes, and that's also why you always should ask in the, the in the conversations about feedback, like customer satisfaction and so on. And then people give you like praise, then try to convert it to reviews. And this is maybe for like the CMOs who are listening. They see maybe customer service as something what just costs money, but it can be really like the number one tool, how you get the most customer reviews. 
Right. Yeah, it can be a marketing tool review. So if you have happy customers, you know, they attract other customers for you. So you don't have to do the work, but it can also work against you, of course, if because people who will go out and put reviews, most of the time, those are people that are not happy. So also you need to encourage, I imagine, your customers that are happy to make reviews. So if a customer says to me, Yuri, thank you very much. You really did a good job. Then I ask them, yeah, can you please put it as a review because then and then that, that's a good way. Maybe one thing what I can slide in here. Like a few weeks ago, I made like a podcast with decentreviews.co. It's like delegated review platform for Web3. And what the founder of this platform told me, the number one reason for negative reviews is customer service. Because we have a product, we have in this product, we have like design failures like where issues can occur and then customer service is always the fallback. And yeah. if like customer service cannot solve this problem, then of course it's the number one complaint. But what we need to realize, we have a product, we have design failures there, customer service is our fallback who can fix it. And if then of course customer service cannot fix it, then of course people complain about like customer service. But what is always behind these reviews, these negative reviews about customer service, usually it's like a design failure in the product that comes long before. Right. Another point that I wanted to talk to you about, you already mentioned it, eh? the AI that we see these days coming up. Everyone is, is talking about AI. What are your thoughts on artificial intelligence for customer support? So, of course, people always say like it will replace all the customer service agents and so on. I don't really believe that. I think like partly for the communication part, that's true. But what people need to be aware of, like AI can only work with existing things. It cannot create like something new and something unique. And also in addition, if you really want to have like a good AI strategy for your operational business, you also need RPA, like robotic process automation. There are like several tools like UiPath or AutoHP. So like same tools which are used back then to like farm like these virtual items mm -hmm. like in the online games. It's like the same principle. And I think like AI and RPA needs to work together because like having the communication part via AI is like one thing, but then once you received everything from the customer, you need like another bot who then actually execute the things in your admin interface and solves the problem. I think like combining these two things is like super powerful and will bring your customer service definitely to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, bring it to the next level, not replace, you know, your support, but bringing it, you know, making it better. Another topic in Web3 is the metaverse, uh, of course. Have you already seen projects in the metaverse where people use the metaverse for customer support? Or do you have clients that use the metaverse and where there is customer support happening? So with the metaverse, I think like we had like a good experience like with gaming and everything, but comes quite close to the metaverse. And I think when we look like at the gaming industry, like at companies like Blizzard or any other companies, I think what they are currently not doing that well is that like usually customer service is not within the metaverse product, like frictionless implemented. So the issue is I have a problem in the metaverse where I would need customer service. Then I have to jump out of the product, maybe take off the VR headset and then write to them. And that's a bad experience. So what they should leverage, usually in the metaverse, there's already an existing chat. 
there should be somehow an option that I can just click there, use the chat function, and then submit my ticket to customer service. Mm -hmm. I think that should be like the number one priority because when we are now developing like all of these cool metaverse features uh, for the adoption, we really need like the feedback and the testing from our users. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm using the metaverse myself, not for customer support, but then for networking and for marketing purposes, because in B2B, people can meet in the metaverse to have conversations around certain things. So it's crazy what things you can do in the metaverse. So it's, um, and, yeah. Yeah. And I have that like one crazy example with the metaverse when we talk about customer service. So in customer service, a huge topic is like workforce management. Because people, especially during the pandemic where everybody worked from home, managers are super paranoid when it comes, like, are my agents really working? Of course, you can then track, like, things like as tickets and everything. But I believe that, like, the future of the metaverse will be B2B. Because what you can set up is, like, some sort of virtual office where people then can see each other, how they sit with a virtual avatar at a computer desk. So you have the same experience as a manager if as you would have walking through the office. And then like when people have to wear like for a whole week, like these glasses yeah. and have to decide if they go back to a normal office, once of a sudden going to the office compared to remote work, going to the office is not even like more painful or becomes really like an option again. I'm not saying that I'm like a fan of it or that I would do it personally with my team, but this is just like the trend uh, which I hear, especially between Microsoft and Meta, what they try um, to yeah. achieve with Microsoft Teams. Actually, what I wanted to say is by organizing these events, it's also an aspect of community building because you can have people from all over the world that come together in a metaverse space on spatial, for instance, I organized uh, mini TED talks, even an AI arts exhibition. And so different marketers came together, like imagine 20 marketers in the metaverse, having doing some networking, looking at AI art and so on. So this was really a fun experience. So then I'm wondering how can you, or what are your thoughts on community and then customer success? Um, those together, how do they contribute to the, the overall success of a company? That's an amazing question. So the thing with community management, so maybe also for the question why people should ask Web3CXIO for the help with community management and not like some other marketing agencies So how we do things differently. So what I see like with a lot of marketing agencies regarding community Management, they are very good, like creating hype and saying like our token will moon and then posting rockets and everything and making like these things. I'm not saying that you don't need this, but it should not be like the priority number one. You should have people who are coming like actually from customer service, know how to solve the pain points from your community members. Because usually people go to complain on social media about the issues in the community. You solve the issue, then they already found value in your community and then they stay. So see community management not as something to hype up. This is a task for your users to share the positive experience. I see community management really more like as an extended customer service. And if you do it right, you are maybe lucky that you can see like your community as some sort of outsourced customer support function. But this is like a long way to go. Right. And regarding customer success. So we very often talk about like regulations and how bad, especially in the EU. And since three years, we have the MLA uh, 
regulation. So we, we need to ask people about personal finance data, how they earn their money and everything else. And this is something what creates like a lot of work and hustle and issues for the customers. But on the other side, like having this data for customer success, it's like a goldmine. Because when you know before the customer trades on your centralized exchange and you already know like how much they have in savings and how much they plan to invest, then you can build on top of that your customer success and can build also like your um, triage, like on which customer you should maybe jump on a call next or how you should organize your things. Right. So if you were to give advice to people now listening to the podcast and they want to improve their customer experience and they are in Web3, is there some advice or perhaps some mistakes to avoid that you can uh, give us? Mm -hmm. So I would say one thing what um, should be implemented is like some sort of AOI management because this is like where especially like where a lot of CFOs who we also work together with, they very often don't understand like what is my return on investment in customer experience or customer service when we improve it. And very often for managers from community management, customer experience and so on, they report numbers to like these CFOs or product managers, which they cannot really understand. So for instance, when you would say, we've got like 200 Twitter DMs with complaints about, about our latest marketing campaign. And then like people are like, is 200 a lot? Is it less? I don't know. So they don't understand it. So it's all about like translating like these numbers into financial numbers. So for instance, we have like 200 messages on Twitter and all of them say like, I'm going to quit your service because I didn't get the bonus for the marketing campaign, which you promised me. So then we know like usually the customer lifetime value of each of these clients. We can multiply it with the complaints, can also check how likely it is that they are quit. And then we can say to our CMOs or CFOs, hey, if we got like these many complaints of like these type of users, they are very likely to quit and we might lose, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollar or euros. And this and like money in the end is a language that most people, I assume, understand <laughs> somehow, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so perhaps my last question would be, if you look now in the, to the future, uh, what are the developments that are happening now in Web3 or maybe in customer experience or customer support that excites you or that are exciting you the most? Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, like we talk a lot about like the technology behind everything, but let's be honest, like a lot of people and customers jump on the bandwagon because they see like Web3 as an easy way to make money or they hope to make money out of it. So this is like the number one criteria for customer satisfaction for a centralized exchange or like for a decentralized protocol. It's, it's the same for them. Like in the end, if your customers are losing money on a long run, they will hate you. No matter how shiny and cool yeah. your product is, how quick your customer service responds, it doesn't matter. In the end, it's all about that people at least don't lose money or make money. So that's also what we noticed with the help from AI. We realized at some point that the sentiment on social media and in our support tickets is following like the Bitcoin price with like a two weeks delay. So that's really yeah. great. Like as customer service, you can already see, okay, like price is going up. Then you know, okay, I have like a huge backlog, but all the customers are a little bit more relaxed because they look at the portfolio there and the green and they are happy. So I see the major challenge, what like 
these trading platforms especially need to overcome in Web3 that they educate their customers, provide strategies, and like teach them like when there are like high risks upcoming. I don't know, FTX co collapse, Luna collapse, or everything. So you need to try to protect your customers from these events because it's in your best interest. And we have like one customer who is actually following this path. So it's like called Valley, like a cryptocurrency trading app. They are currently in beta and pre in development. They will be released within the next few months. But they try to provide strategies within the cryptocurrency broker that people actually know when to buy and when to sell. And I think that's like the next generation of cryptocurrency brokers that we will see. Okay. Right. So, Clemens, if people, yeah, they are listening to your podcast and they hear all your advice and your stories, if they want to connect with you, where would you like to send them? Uh, LinkedIn. I know not like everyone from Web3 is on LinkedIn, but it's like the number one place where I am. I post there daily about topics as customer service, community management, customer success, AI, and Web3. So, I share there like a lot of valuable insights just for free on a daily basis that you can use like as manager or like also as customer service agent. If you want to then reach out to me directly, you can do this also via web3cx.io. I repeat, the domain is web3cx.io. And as I said, we provide mainly four services. One is like AOE management for customer service, customer retention, customer acquisition, and ease of use, making your product as easy as possible to use. Overall, we build for each of our clients fully customized products, always on the, depending on the need of the clients. And the first question that we always ask is like, what can we do for you? Great. Of course, we will put all of these links that you mentioned in the show notes, also your LinkedIn profile, if people want to connect with you. By the way, myself, I'm also very active on LinkedIn next to Twitter because yeah, LinkedIn is still a place for, for B2B and where we can have meaningful conversations. So Clemens, thanks again for coming on my podcast. Thanks, Yuri, for the amazing questions. They were really thoughtful, really amazing. And I gained a lot of it for joining here because like it helped me also like to reflect on the latest trend around Web3 and customer service. So thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Great. Yeah. As for me, it's the same thing. And Clemens, every time that I have a podcast, I'm also reflecting, you know, I'm getting to learn. I, I have like insights by these conversations. And also for my listeners, if you're now listening to this episode and, and you think, yeah, Clemens, he dropped some value. So, and it can be useful for people around you. Feel free and be sure to share this episode with them. And if you are not already following my show, hit the subscribe button because I would like to see you back for the next podcast episode. Take care. Hey, don't worry if you missed anything. We took all the notes for you. Just go to web3.net. That's W-E-B-D-R-I-E.net. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram and Twitter handles are Yuri Bilast just like my name. And last but not least, I'm starting a Web3 Marketing Mastermind. And it will be awesome. If you want to have more information about this, just send me a message on Twitter or Instagram or send me an email to yuri at
www.ivanmeijer.com. You will also find all details in the show notes. Thanks so much and hope to see you back next time.